yeah, for today's episode, uh, we've got uh, we've got Randy. Uh, say hi to the crowd, Randy. Uh, hi guys, uh, my name's Randy. Uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm uh, really uh, excited to do some big talking here. <laughs> uh, likewise, likewise. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, I was glad you uh, reached out. Yeah, so how you want to talk about how we got linked up, or should I just work? uh yeah for sure um so you know we uh um i think it was a mutual account that we both follow um and one of the things that she mentioned was that she was uh anti-circumcision what i what i assume anti-circumcision at birth um is what i assume she means um and so you know uh basically somebody asked you know why why that um not not that they were attacking but they were just curious because it's not uh it doesn't seem to be as common here in the united states at least um than anywhere else to be real honest with you so um you know i saw the stuff that um you were doing and um and uh re, you know i thought i thought it was, i thought it was cool and i you know i it's something that i've always been uh an advocate about um there's nothing i don't have anything particularly against uh circumcision per se but uh but I do have an issue with it when it comes to bodily autonomy at the, um, when, when one cannot consent. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's basically all it is. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's, it's funny that, you know, we often have to specify or state explicitly that <laughs> this is no, we're not trying to ban circumcision completely this is about you know just letting people choose i mean exactly that would just be ridiculous i mean and that's that's kind of how things you know get misinterpreted you know people kind of like take it to an absurd conclusion where it's like oh does that mean you want to ban heart surgery like (laughs) No, we're we're just talking about just not doing it when it's not necessary. Just <laughs> yeah, just chilling. Yeah, and you know that's that's the unfortunate thing about uh, you know the current climate with uh, it's just it's difficult to have any conversation with anybody about anything because you know um, that's that's something that I've, I've I've I thought I think I've done a very decent job of of you know uh, becoming more explicit. You know, because I guess you can't assume that people know what you mean. Um, and I guess it's good mm-hmm. practice for good practice for any field, not just, uh, you know, just discussion, but a good practice for any field, um, is, uh, explicitly, you know, stating what you're, what you mean, you know, even, even if it sounds tedious, um, right. you know, you, you would, you'd think certain things are, are givens, but I guess, you know, I guess, I guess that's not the case. <laughs> yeah. You know, people is, <laughs> it is, uh, there's a there's a phrase you know just arguing in bad faith and right you know you want to give people the benefit of the doubt but you know when it comes to this 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 issue it's you know you see a lot of it um i mean yeah as you mentioned earlier this is this is something that is passionate to me that you know i i engage in this just because I mean, you know, myself personally, I was affected by it. And, you know, it, I mean, it wasn't the worst thing that happened to me, but I mean, for a lot of, a lot of people, it is, you know. Right. Yeah. It's it's about empathy and just like, you know. Exactly. And, you know, I've heard stories of, you know, of people being affected by it, Um, you know, and, and and it's one of those things where you 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 get to wonder why we're continuing doing this because, you know, people said, oh, we've been doing it forever, and that's like never been an, a valid argument for most things. So exactly. why so why is it a value value uh, valuable argument here? Um, you know, and you know, barring barring uh, you know conventional uh, religious ideas, um, there really is no purpose for it now um at least if you are in a in a first world country and ironically enough the first world country you know at least the united states um i believe we're we're the leader when it comes to that sort of thing but most a lot of other countries have been on the um decline when it comes to that sort of thing 
Um, and it's really interesting. You know, um, I was telling you um, about um, talking about cultural aspects and, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I find it interesting, um, like my, myself, um, I'm, I'm mixed, you know, I'm a mixed kid. I'm Colombian and uh, uh, white. And so um, uh, that's something that's not really, you know, part of culture and then add on to the fact that i'm also uh catholic so you know it's it's uh a cultural cultural norm that's really seen right now a lot in the united states but not a whole lot um you know in other countries i know i i have friends from um other parts of the world that uh, that aren't circumcised just like you know why why, why would we get circumcised what's what's the point <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. And, you know, there, there are some cases, you know, I do know people where, you know, they weren't circumcised um, as, as a, a baby and um, as a newborn rather, and they had to get it later on in their life. Um, and that's, that tends to be, that tends to be a very outlying uh, case anyways. That's not, exactly. usually, it's not usually a medically necessary uh, thing. And, you know, that's, that's the, like, exactly like you, you brought up, about heart surgery like if you want to bring it up like that you know most people the majority of people won't need heart surgery mm -hmm. um yeah there's and, very little reason to cut the human body actually i mean right besides like you know what are the major things there's cancer or there's uh infection or you know uh the body part or whatever having poor circulation right so those are like the three main things that you know besides that you know you just see the treated or you know it's whatever but, right oh, i i find it i find it funny because um you know I'll, I'll see on you know on twitter when you know twitter's never a good uh, representation of what the human experience is like twitter isn't real life and you know unfortunately there are some real weird people on twitter but you know you'll have people you know body body shaming and you know like however you feel about that if whether you feel there's an issue or not it's just interesting because normally the people that are talking about you know talking out against body shaming at least you know on one side of the coin usually are also the ones that are body shaming against you know men who aren't circumcised and it's okay to have a preference if you prefer men to be circumcised or not but you know it's body shaming is another thing you know, i see people with just derogatory names and stuff like that Exactly. And, and I, ju I just, I, I'm not sure I understand the rationale because it's, it's a, for one, it's a different culture. Uh, but on, on the other, on the other hand, let's say, you know, let's say that someone isn't circumcised and, you know, they didn't, you know, like they chose that and you didn't choose that. So, I mean, why, if, if, if that's the case, why are you making fun of them since they got to choose it and you didn't? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like a definite um psychological thing going on um i mean i think with a lot of people you know because they didn't have that choice they kind of stigmatized those who didn't go through what they did as a way of coping with not having that choice so mm. there's i mean there's i mean it's like all sorts of fables about about that i think the most famous one was uh the story about the fox with no tail mm, yeah, yeah and you know it's it's a classic case with this where you know a lot of males i mean like you, like you talk about the culture thing it's like that it's literally built into the culture that you know not having a prep use is, right. is what what the ladies want is what you know, it's what's healthy. It's what's yada yada yada, and right, and, and it gets instilled into not not even just the males, but just everyone in society. So it's normal, right? It's it's a it's um a, a snowball effect. You know, it affects not just one demographic of people, but many demographics. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, and and you know. Uh, yeah, oh, go ahead, so sorry. it's this thing that kind kind of reinforces itself generation after generation. Like, you know, if everyone woke up yes uh, tomorrow morning and just no one heard of it, no one heard of it, that 
you know, they would look at you like you're crazy if you try to bring it up. So, you know, it's, it's just one of this, <laughs> this generational madness, so to speak, that kind of follows just for no reason. Right. And and the big, and the big thing with it too, that I, you know, I, I, I tend to just not, really understand is that you know people talk about well you should you know like oh well it's better for you it, it really i mean it really isn't mm-hmm. there are there are more there are more things that could go wrong than right by doing it for one um and second you know um it's found to be you know a, a probable cause for a lot of different mm-hmm. uh issues um you know one, one of them would be like erectile dysfunction i know uh that's um that can be brought on by um, that. It's um, basic biology. And it's like, more statistics. The, you know, right. what do you need for an erection? It's healthy tissue, healthy nerves, and healthy blood vessels. So, you know, doing that to an undeveloped organ, I mean, what, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? That's It's not going to benefit that, you know? It's... Exactly. And, and, you know, the culture and, and you know, we, we bring up culture a lot. Um, you know, the culture behind it is is like the his, the historical culture behind it is so interesting because because um, people will talk, OK, well, wouldn't it impede on religious freedom and whatnot? And I don't necessarily think that I'm not I'm not sure that it would because um, circumcision um People, uh, I'm assuming um, when people say religious reasons, they assume those who um, follow uh, Judaism. Um, But as as we, you and I have discussed, um, circumcision that the 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 convention of circumcision today is not what it was uh, in Mm -hmm. in biblical times. Biblical times, for for one thing, um, and this is getting to a whole religious thing that you know, um, you know. there's not enough time in the world for, but um, there's a theory that um, you know certain there were certain laws um, that God had in the Old Testament in place because civilization wasn't far advanced to um, to handle those things. So, for example, uh, they didn't really know much about pork. For example, so the reason that they didn't eat pork was because you know if you undercook it, you could get severely sick. Um, especially in those times, getting sick like that is you know. Um, essentially mm-hmm. a death sentence. So that, that's just one, ex- that's just one example, but, you know, um, pedaling back, uh, you know, circumcision for one wasn't as an intrusive, uh, if you'd call it a procedure, yeah. um, as, it, uh, as it is today. Um, and, uh, I believe you sent me the, the, um, the little information picture, uh, you know, where, where there it just cuts off like the tip of the of the foreskin yeah whereas, what's referred um, to as the, in the i guess the ridge to band so it's like right yeah, it's like a a little ring that helps it, it's uh yeah forget how to mechanically describe it but you know it's supposed to like you know open and close like you know like a sphincter so you know as it retracts you know that's, right that's that's what it's there for. Right. And then, you know, so in biblical times, it was, it was certainly not nearly as invasive as it is today. Um, the entire glands is, is cut. And, uh, and they take the frenulum too. Know. I mean, cause right. You know, I, a lot of people don't know this, but at birth, you know, that, that anatomy is fused to the glands. So in order to place whatever, device they need to use you know they have to separate that which is kind of is is torture in and of itself you know when you think about things that don't separate you know it's it's something like the nail the nail in the nail bed is it's that same fusing action going on and you know it doesn't really separate until puberty right and you know uh, I think I think I, I mentioned this to you. Um, the modern 
uh, convention of circumcision that we see today is not really based in any science. Mm-hmm. Um, it um, and, and you know, for for your for your listeners, I'm a, I'm a pre medical student, so I don't just so I have a little a little qualifications there. I'm not just talking out of my butt, or anything, okay, but cool. um, um, so uh, you know. There's not a whole lot of scientific reasoning behind the modern convention of um, circumcision. Sure, sure. Uh, will it will it quote will you quote unquote uh, be cleaner? Not really. It, it's it's just you you just you still wash the same body parts, circumcised or not. It's just a matter of you know. It's like washing your armpit. Do you lift your arm up or do you not? You know, that's that's essentially that's that's the best to, you know that's the best description I can think of. Um, cleaning is it's not an inconvenience if you're hygienic. Like, you know, I right. often ask people, like, <laughs> depending on who it is, it's like, you know, if, as I, I'll I hear like sometimes women talk about it, like, oh. You know, with that logic, does that mean women with longer labia are less hygienic than those with short labia? You know, right? And you know, and it's just it's such an interesting concept to me that you know, obviously in biblical times when you know technology and civilization as a whole just were not as uh, advanced. Um, I could see, I could see where that would, you know, it would make sense. I, I could see that. Um, and you know, you can't, you can't apply, you can't apply, um, a modern lens to, um, things that aren't modern. So I'm not, so it's not, it's not necessarily any dig on that cult, on that cultural aspect. Um, however, as you know, that, as we kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of push back on that cause I mean, I mean, you, as, as a pre-med student, I mean, if we, if we think about biblical times or even ancient times, I mean, they didn't <laughs> they didn't have a lot of the te- right. technology that we we do have. So exactly something is even though it wasn't as invasive, but eventually did get invasive. I mean, that's it would have it would have maimed more more people than it would have saved. Right. right. Well, what's it? You know, what's you know what's interesting about that too is how uh, the progression of circumcision move. You know, from a less invasive to a more invasive. You would think, you know, from a more um, a less advanced civilization, um, you would think that they'd probably be almost more invasive because they just aren't. They don't know, or they're not mm-hmm. sure. Um, and then it moved forward, and it really, you know, it, it's funny. It moved from one religious. Um, practice to another religious um i wouldn't call it practice of a, a religious um fear mm-hmm. fear mongering maybe um, um as, as, as you and i uh, have personally discussed um the modern the modern convention of circumcision um is rooted in you know like an anti uh and this was maybe the 17 1800s um the, it's like an ant. It was an anti-masturbation uh, um, movement, mm-hmm. and it was a, a. I believe it was a Christian doctor um, uh, who, uh, who, was, who who essentially studied Adventist. Uh, was it oh, was he okay? Kellogg or someone. Well, yeah. I mean, he he had a lot of people co-signing that garbage. So, I mean, he was he was the most famous, but yeah, there. There was a lot of people on that whole, you know, torturing children for their sexuality. Like, right? I mean, I mean, if you read like some quotes, you know, he was even talking about pouring carbolic acid on girls, and you know, for some reason that didn't catch on. But well, you know. Um, I haven't, I haven't pulled up. He, um, his name was, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Hutchinson. Um, and it's, he, and you have, I, I'm also, as a pre-med student, I'm also, I'm also a computer scientist and a data scientist. So I, I study a lot of data. Um, and so he published a study in which he gathered data about, uh, the contraction of venereal disease between, uh, those who are Jewish and those who are not. Oh, um, <laughs> and so as you can imagine, data, data back then is not 
anywhere as near as uh, as it is now. But um, basically, in a uh, 1893 article, um, he you know he wrote um, you know on circumcision as preventative measure of masturbation. I'm inclined to believe that circumcision may often uh, accomplish much, both in breaking the habit of masturbation as an immediate result and in diminishing the temptation to it subsequently. Um, so as you can see, it was a very, um, and I talk about this a lot. Um, I, you know, uh, I had a girlfriend who, um, who is uh, white and, and she was, when she was, uh, uh, when she was with me today, uh, or, or not today, I'm sorry. When she was, when she was with me, we would always talk about, um, you know, the different cultures of Catholicism between, you know, Latino Catholic Catholicism mm -hmm. and, um, uh, you know, North American Catholicism. She always made this uh, distinction about how, um, uh, about how the United States is very, uh, very influenced by Puritan England. Yeah. And you know that's what that's why circumcision is such a big thing here in the United. It's one one of one of the culminating reasons. Um, it's very and, regressive. Know, like they just very much so. hate the idea of people enjoying their bodies, <laughs> enjoying other people's right. bodies. Right, and then even at, you know at this point with um, with uh, the Jonathan Hutchinson, you know they they it, the the movement progressed even so far as to uh, um, apply it to women. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously those two, those two are different for different reasons. Um, but, you know, it, it just, it just goes to show how much people want to have control over, uh, other, other people's, you know, uh, autonomy and, yep. and it, despite, just, despite there no being, you know, I would, it would make sense if there were medical benefits to it, but I, you know, there aren't. And, you know, the fact that, you know, masturbation used as a political Ploy to, um, to, 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 yeah. to, yeah, to shame and to, um, really just employ this form of circumcision is just, you know, you know, regardless of how you feel about it, whether you're you're Christian, Catholic, or non-practicing or non-religious or anything, um, you know, I, I think everybody, um, you know, I, I guess I can't assume that everybody would agree with me, but. You would think that it would be, you know, no matter what, your body, sh your body is yours and yours only to, um, really, you know, make it to make decisions on its own. Mm -hmm. And you know these, you know, when these laws and I guess restrictions were being brought up, you know, these weren't exactly the most progressive or the most uh, <laughs> inclusive systems or societies. So you know, to, to hold on to them as if they really do what they were thinking back then, you know, it's, you know, it's a matter of like re-examining and, you know, when we look at Judaism, like the covenant that talks about circumcision, there's it, also an interesting line about uh, women who give birth, you know, they talk about you know they're they're in the state of uncleanliness for 33 days, and that doubles if they give birth to a girl. So mm -hmm. it you know, <laughs> we you know where 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 is the medical basis for that? Right, and and there is none, and it's you know, and I won't you know, it's it's hard for me because I won't uh, I don't want to attack anybody's uh, cultural um backgrounds or anything like that but to certain to you know to varying degrees you have to question you know like even myself as a catholic i i am i always get very very disappointed and discouraged um in hearing about uh circumcision like that there is no you know stance on it. it's like oh you can do it or not it's not a you know um, i mean technically that, that there is back like in europe uh where is it um yeah one of the popes well this is back in like 14 something so it was a long time ago but there sure there is something on record that you know it's uh let me let me pull something up real quick um yeah well while you while you pull that while you pull that up um it's interesting because like the, the catholic church has moved uh to be more progressive um mm -hmm. and it, it seems to continue to do so um but it's just it's just it's certainly frustrating to to hear them almost 
you know, talk about, you know, everybody has a right to their own selves, their own autonomy to whatever. And then they just kind of seemingly ignore and almost, you know, I, I wouldn't say encourage, but at least in the United States, it seems to be more of a trend rather than the exception. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, where is it? Yeah, circumcision was condemned. I'm sorry? Uh-oh, did it cut out? Hello, hello, hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, so I was reading, and um, it says circumcision was condemned in the ecumenical Council of Florence on uh, February 4th, 1442. And so, I mean, it's on record. Yeah, and, and you know, they, it's one of those things, you know, like where it's condemned, and then that's the thing about the Catholic Church that it's always evolving. It never never contradicts itself but it, mm. it, evol- it evolves that's how you know um you know people like to say oh you know back in the day you know before the second va- the second council um you know oh back in the day you know we used to do this and that's like well it's, it wasn't because that was the one way we're doing it wrong now um but um it just evolves and and unfortunately, sometimes, sometimes I, you know, and this is something that you have to struggle with, regardless of what religion, what creed, what race, whatever you are, um, you have to st- struggle with your own identity. Um, mm-hmm. You have to, you have to struggle like, well, you know, I'm Catholic and all, but, you know, I, I, you know, it would be, I think it would be un-Catholic of me to, to just follow things blindly without, you know, d- examining um you know so and you know and, as regard in regards to the you know it had it had the roman catholic church had condemned it back um in the 1400s at the moment um it uh at the moment it, it's currently like a neutral position on the practice yeah, um, even yeah. though the even though the even though the catechism it's it's really interesting. the The catechism has some things here. Um, let me pull that up. Actually, um, the controversy extends to Catholic healthcare, in particular. Some staff uh, members in Catholic hospitals have challenged the practice of male circumcision as a violation of the moral law. The catechism of the Church states, except when performed for strictly therapeutic medical reasons, directly intended amputations, mutilations, and sterilizations performed on innocent persons are against the moral law. This implies that the non-therapeutic uh, mu- mutilations violate the physical integrity of the human person and are therefore uh, wrong. Um, so it would it would it would it would appear that there is like some sort of basis to you know to be against it in the Catholic Church, but for for whatever reason, it seems very very po- popular of, amongst and you know again, I think it's going back to um, what uh, uh, what I was saying earlier, how America, or rather, United States, is very heavily influenced on Puritan from Puritan England, mm-hmm. very rep- very repressive, um, very cloistered in that regard. Yeah. Um, so it's so interesting to me that you know I've noticed that as well. With you know I have you know like I said I'm uh, friends from all of the cultures and all that, and a lot of the cult- a lot of the friends that I have that are not from the United States that are Catholic. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like any of them are circumcised. It's like it's it's like a non. It's a non-issue for them. It's like, well, what's what's that? Or you know, why why would why would I be? Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just I don't I don't know. I, I I find that it tends to be you you know not just obviously it it probably extends out to past the United States, but it's very heavily. Um, prevalent here in the United States. Yeah, if you look at if you look at like a global map, like it's the way it's divided, like uh, in terms of like I guess developed or Western countries, uh, only only two that really practice it is uh, like North America, Australia. Like um, yeah, seventy percent of the world isn't circumcised. Uh, the thirty percent that is it. It's mostly concentrated in Africa, uh, the Middle East, and you know uh, parts of Southeast Asia. 
Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll send you a map later on. But uh, yeah, so, I mean, and also who really gets left out of the conversation in terms of like religion is uh, Islam. So it's it's technically not even in the Quran, but it's recognized as, I guess, Sunnah or, you know, uh, or what, what do they call it? Fitra. Oh, so, yeah, right. Fitra. Uh, Sunni. Oh, okay, sure, yeah. So it's, um, it's one of these like hygiene principles. Right. And I'm, you know, I'm not too, I'm not too, uh, familiar when it comes to, um, circumcision, when it comes to, um, Islam, but, um, I do, I do find it interesting because I, I, as I understand it, and this might not be the case anymore. So I, I don't, uh, don't quote me on this cause I'm not exactly sure, <laughs> but, um, I believe it's also maybe, maybe it's more of a cultural thing and maybe more, maybe more of a, you know, kind of like a biblical time thing for them as well. Her, um, you know, that they also circumcised women, um, which, which is uh, significantly different than, uh, you know, doesn't make it any better or worse, but it's, it is significantly different than, um, circumcising a male. I believe it's, uh, they clip the clitoral hood, I believe is what they do, um, which causes a lot of pain and it, it, it causes a lot of pain for women during, during, uh, sex, which, you know, uh, it depends on, that's the thing too. Uh, it depends on which which culture or which region mm-hmm. where it's performed. Uh, I think what happens a lot of times is when people think about female genital cutting, you know, they refer to like the most invasive version. But there's there's a spectrum. Like, uh, sure, yeah. Sometimes it's you know they'll prick the vulva with like a needle or something. So it progresses from that to, you know, they'll cut the labia folds or they'll, uh, like you mentioned, they'll uh, cut the equivalent prepuce, which is what's covering the glands of the clitoris. So anatomically, they're homologous structures, the clitoral hood and the male prepuce. Sure. And then it progresses from that to, of course, what people know as clitoridectomy, which takes off the glands. And and then there's infibulation, which involves like uh, removing large sections of the vulva and sewing it up. Uh, the thing about those is like, I mean, if you look at it from you know, statistical perspective, like, you know, the, the most invasive ones are the ones that are the rarest. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're poor and and they're terrible, but they're not exactly representative of what happens, you know, on a, on a grand scale, like, like there's no cult, there's no cultures, there's no countries where only girls are cut. So depending on where it is, sometimes or sometimes it's the boys who are cut in a more invasive fashion than the girls. Yeah, sometimes it's just, yeah. I mean, like, I, mean, I guess it would be the case here in the United States where it's strictly males that are, uh, that are cut. And, uh, well, there's, there's at least as far, as, far as, the, as I know, anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, there's unfortunately... It, you know, there's ancillary victims like, I mean, the, I don't know if you've come across this in your studies, but I mean, there's something called the female genital restoration service or something. But sure. In a sense, it's like the, this is basically legalized female cutting where the parents are kind of. <laughs> worried that their daughter's genitals don't look normal, you know, she's uh, sure. a large clitoris or something like that. And they'll, what they'll do is they'll actually like cut it down. And that's, that's normalized. That's okay. And, and of course there's also intersex cutting where, you know, they'll, right. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, that's the thing. That's the thing that people don't understand, or at least I don't know if they, they don't understand. They don't acknowledge it. But if you allow it, if you allow it to become normalized for one group of people, who's to say that it won't, you know, it won't, you know, come back to you. Um, and that seems that's I mean that certainly seems to be the case now that now that you mention it I do recall um, um, the female uh, female genital like uh, uh, procedures where um, basically a reduction of labia um, or reduction of like you said the the clitoris um, and this and, happens on babies like right for no no medical reason just because you know. <laughs> The parents right. are feeling some type of way, yeah. And the thing that I, the thing that I'd never understood about, you know, that like overarching, like it, it would, I, you know, and I get that parents are always going to be worried about their kids, but to you know, so to some varying degree, is there, is there, is, is, isn't it supposed, isn't it a little creepy, a little, little wrong, or you know, to be like that concerned about your own, you know, I, I don't know if I don't know how much you keep up with like a, uh, with a uh, pop. Uh, culture, anything like that, but I know, I know, uh, Ti was recently. Oh yeah, um, he, he was in he was in hot water, and I was like, oh, that's a, that's a little, you know, that's that's, yeah, that's kind of creepy, man. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know the, that would... the hymen checks. That was yeah. ridiculous. Like... <laughs> some, I'm like, holy moly, um, and you know, at at some point, you know, like, at at some point, what point is it creepy? You know, what point is it weird? What point is it, you know? disgusting and immoral and i i think the, i think the i think the question the answer to that question um is as soon as you a- start asking that question is when it starts to become kind of odd um mm-hmm. you know yeah, it starts at birth like like why should why should this adult be worried about this baby's genitals you know mm-hmm. especially when you know that's that's something like if you if you're if you're religious or you're not um you know the the advent of science, the, how, how science works and how the world works is so amazing. How, you know, we, the whole entire universe, you know, is in the equilibrium just enough to where everything, you know, essentially works out. Like, you know, it's just, I mean, if you think about it conceptually, you know, there are, you know, seven trillion billion people um, on this rock moving, you know, throughout the mm-hmm. galaxy. Like, you know, that's just, you know, if you, whether you're a, a religious person or not, you know the fact that that's possible. The fact that that happens is nothing short of you know whether a, a, a scientific miracle or a you know a miracle. Um, and so, as the universe, as the world progresses, so does you know humans evolve. Um, you know, humans back in the day used to be shorter, for example. Humans mm-hmm. back in the day used to, you know, they're, they're to varying degrees, right? And, you know, our our body is always going to be born with what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a reason that we're born with foreskin. There's a reason that we're, there's a, it's, it's not, it, it, it's certainly not just there just to, for us to, you know, look at play with it's 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 there for a reason um 99 of mammals on this planet have it and And, and we're the only ones that cut it off (laughs) yeah and then i was i was looking at like veterinary science like typing in like some of the common excuses like in veterinary science i mean not we're all we're all animals in the end but in veterinary science like they they take steps to treat an issue before it comes up they don't just cut it proactively in their animals like if a dog gets phimosis they make an opening they create an incision so they can retract but with humans it's automatically assumed that they would just (laughs) remove the whole anatomy that's that's the norm and you know at the at the end of the day you know I don't understand. I don't understand the religious uh, thing, you know, because like if if God if God gave us a made us in His image, and I'm just using because it, it's general it's generally uh, evangelical, you know, like that's normally an evangelical argument or you know Christian uh, ideal, you know, if God created us in His image, why are, why are we you know mutilating it? You know, I, I don't understand the argument. And then in terms of you know those who are not 
you know, religious, who I would, ima- I would, I would assume um, believe in science. I-, I can't imagine why anybody would be, um, not that the two are mutually exclusive, but um, I, 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 I couldn't, under- I couldn't understand why someone would just decide decide for someone else something that something that isn't um medically proven at all you know it's and and that's the thing as a as a data science as data scientists i'm sorry we're, we're taught to question every single piece of data that we're given or every like you know name the source name the you know all, all that stuff mm-hmm. and and one of the things is like well um you have to think you have to think past the logic you know because you can you know another thing we're taught as a, as data scientists is uh you know data can be bad data can be evil if if oh, you yeah. don't, if you don't use it if you don't use it correctly data data can be used for i mean i mean look at what they look at what they do when it comes to race relations they say you know <laughs> you know like despite despite making up you know a certain amount of population you know 90 percent of the crime exactly and, yeah. and it's like it's like <laughs> you know that right exactly <laughs> it's like it's like you know and, and you know I, I i take a little shame in that because you know i used you know when you're when you're when you're a teenager and you don't really know anything about politics you start listening to people and i was like mm-hmm. oh, you know i you know, it's very impressionable as a kid. You know, you're like, you know, that that makes sense. But then you realize, like, well, yeah. that doesn't you know, that doesn't really justify anything, any of the things that we're talking about, even it, even if that stuff is true. And, mm-hmm. and regardless of that fact, you know, it's, um, um, you know, yeah, like people are gonna say, okay, well, circumcision, uh, you tend to have, uh, you tend to be cleaner. That's that's the the common uh, nomenclature for that. And I'm like, well, sort of. I mean, how, how, like, I, I would say I'm cleaner than most of the guys that I know that are cut. You know, because because they're cut, they don't really particularly like wash them, so they don't think about it. Whereas, like, I think that's like, that's know. the thing too. It's like you would think that you know, with this stigma, now those who aren't cut are they're more. I guess conscious, self-conscious of that. Right. So if you relate it to like even things like STDs, it's like, I mean, you would trust the guy who's not cut because he, I guess, in his mind, he knows that he's more at risk, so he's more likely to use condoms. He's more likely to, um, you know, think about that. Whereas the cut guy is thinking, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sixty percent less likely, so I don't need a condom. And then he keeps carrying that on, and henceforth, and so forth. And, and you know, and, and you know, that's the thing too. Like you know, you know, I, I don't even think I really even talked about. Um, I don't even really think I talked about uh, you know, like the role that foreskin plays um, for humans. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, like, and every everyone everyone mentions. Everyone mentions foreskin when it comes to STDs, but you know that that piece of that flap of skin, that piece of skin doesn't really cause any of those STDs or anything like that. It doesn't like harbor it, doesn't hide it. It's it's literally it's literally just skin. You're just as much as at risk of having an STD if you're circumcised or not. That then that's like that's and I don't understand. I've never understood anybody that's made that argument. Um, and it all pretends as if the urethra doesn't exist. I mean, you've got one big gaping hole right there. I mean, right. And and you know, like the the role of circumcision, um, or rest not the role of circumcision. Sorry, the role of, of foreskin. Um, there's varying degrees. I mean, that's where most of most of the nerve endings of the penis are. Um, mm-hmm. And then you know, I, and I think this has a lot to say with our society too. Um, um, it is also it also is like a, acts as like almost like a natural lubricant um, yeah. for um, um, sexual intercourse, and um, that's what I always find so interesting. I'm like, you know, that's there for a reason, and it, you know, it serves both male and female. So why, you know, like I never understood, you know, why you'd want to, you know, why yeah, why you'd want a- to encourage that. <laughs> There's a great, you know, yeah. In this country, it's like one was one of the most <laughs> things people uh, people complain about about sex. It's like 
you know, lack of lubrication and pain and right. You know, if, a, if 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 a, if a if a woman having sex, you know, says it hurts, you know, like odds are, I mean, that's probably why. Um, mm-hmm. And just even the motion, it's 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 not facilitated for what typically happens when a cut guy is going at it. Uh, you know, the prep use acts as like a sort of rolling bearing. You know, it, I mean, it's just a mechanical wonder. Like, just if you look at the internal structure of the vaginal canal, and if you look at how, you know, the prep use wrinkles, it's like, it almost fits like a puzzle. So, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting video someone posted. Uh, I'll, I'll send a link later on, but yeah, it's, it's even if even if you people just just disregard. I mean, I often see guys just completely dismiss that. It's like, well, I don't need that. I, you know, I'm already sensitive enough as it is. If I need, if I had more, I would just right bust even quicker. It's like no, and they don't realize that that's a complication. Like that's that's exactly why you don't have control because you're missing some key areas that would signal as to why, you know, you're about to release so quickly. You know, I related to, I related to like driving a car with no speedometer and no windows. And so you have no idea where you're going and how fast you're going. Right. Until you get there. Until you crash there. <laughs> and well, I mean, and that's the thing too, like at the end of the day, a lot of it is cultural stigma. You know, like you said, um uh you know, like 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 you said, it you know, they'll they'll say, Oh, I don't need it. I mean, because they they you know, people will say that because they don't you know, and I see that argument all the time, like you know, well, I, I'm you know, I'm glad I had it done as a baby because one, I don't remember it now, and two, I mean I've lived my life with it like this so you know and that's that's the trap that people get in it's like um you know oh things you know things could be worse you know so like why why aren't you trying to improve things to be better Mm -hmm. you know just because you don't have that choice doesn't mean everybody doesn't want that choice um there's a lot of you know there are people and it, it is very frustrating um when people who really don't have a whole lot of really who don't have a whole lot of medical knowledge talk about um why they're pro circumcision because normally oh well because it looks better it's cleaner it's like well you know it's <laughs> you know any one of those things you know it looks okay one it looks better well i mean that's a really subjective thing if you think it looks better i mean then that's your preference and you can go ahead and do that and you can make that choice um uh and i ask people it's like at what point does it does the glance coverage not look good and then you know, because even if you're not cut, there's different levels of coverage. So some some guys who aren't cut, they end up looking like they are cut when they're erect. So. Right, and that's that's generally generally most of the time that's you know how that's how anatomy that's how anatomy works. Now you know I'm not going to sit here and talk about you know what looks better. Or not I you know genitalia just look you know looks look doesn't look appealing really to any. Or at least I didn't. I don't know how many people find the look of it appealing, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's not an aesthetic. Thing, ex- exactly, you know? but like look, that that is that aside, that is a, a you know a subjective thing, and you can choose to do that uh, if you want, but you know you shouldn't force other people to do it. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. very it's very ingrained in our culture to essentially have it without question. Um, and to unequivocally say, well, you know, this is better for society. This makes me cleaner, despite despite any of those things, you know. And it's a very barbaric thing, you know. And people, and I, I always find it more particularly interesting when um, people who are advocates for um, body positivity and people who are um, people who are advocates for um, um, for sexual health that, you know, are really just kind of on the fence about it or that promote, oh, it's cleaner, it's this and that. It's like, well, it's 
none of that none of that is true. You can't say something is unequivocally cleaner because that's not the case. That's not how that works. You can't, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, I saw I saw a, a statistic about you know when they when uh, when they started circumcising people in Africa, it cut the rate of transmission um, of HIV to uh, f- less than 50%, whatever, I forget what it was, but it cut, it cut down their chance of getting it by half. And it's a very misleading statistic. I mean, exactly. um, and, you know, unfortunately people will take data as for what it's worth. They don't, they're not studying it, you know, so you're not going to, people aren't going to know what it means, but basically, you know, it, the the doctor that you know created the modern convention of circumcision you know was more or less kind of right i mean it did it it does sometimes uh you know if you if you had got if you were at least an adult and circumcised you're not going to be doing anything for for a couple weeks i'm sure uh, mm-hmm. but even even past that it's still there's no there's no studies shown why um like if that if there's a reason as to why that people say that and, and and what's interesting if if you look at like one of data from one of the first HIV vaccine trials, like there was <laughs> there was if there really was like a fifty or sixty percent difference, it would show, but it didn't. And what actually happened was the circumcised guys ended up having more HIV infections. I mean, this is obviously because the vaccine at the time wasn't sure. working. So just just from that rudimentary standpoint, uh, that just invalidates that whole claim. But, you know, I, I've been trying to push that out there. Like, and you know, this, this trial was back in like 2010. And, you know, this... And you know the difference in between probability of infection between the they literally have like you know uncircumcised and circumcised it's like they're the exact same. Well, that's the thing. There, the, yeah, there so, there is no someone is there lying. Is no, there is no there is no difference when it comes to rate of transmission. I mean, and, and like if if it's a case such that you know more uncircumcised, uh, there are more guys that are uncircumcised getting HIV. It's only a matter of them encountering it more it's, it has nothing it's there just you know the fact the fact that you have uh, an uncircumcised penis or circumcised penis doesn't change your probability of encountering someone with hiv because that's the only known way of contracting hiv is the is or not the only known way i should say but like the only the the, the way to get hiv is to encounter somebody with it you can't just you know you're like oh you know i'm just 50 percent likely to get it I'm like no that's, that's not how that works it's it's not airborne <laughs> not, <yet>. not yet <laughs> 2020 2020 has thrown us some curveballs so i i wouldn't put i wouldn't i'm, I'm not holding my breath wow um you know even if we take all these medical benefits at even if we take them at face value and they're true that's that's an argument for someone to make when they're an adult like mastectomy or any other prophylactic procedure you know right let them choose if it's that great let them choose when at least before you've exhausted all non-invasive options beforehand you know you could say oh cutting off a baby's foot would prevent them from <laughs> getting a spray exactly, exactly. Or... it's the same metric and i just <laughs> it's 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 the same thing you know uh you know oh um you know i'm just i'm just yeah. preventing something from happening I'm like okay well i mean why even why even go through anything at all if, if, if we're if we're going that you know mm-hmm. yeah just just kill the baby as soon as they're born <laughs> all all issues all together like no just there's better ways of doing things. It's like, you know, you got to let go of this yeah. ancient shit. And, and yeah, even with the religious argument, uh, none, none of the major religions explicitly forbid it after childhood. I mean, they just yeah. say to do it. They allow converts. So it's like, 
You know, just assume the child may be a convert right. later, but <laughs> I don't think people are really checking their genitals at each service to make sure they're right. compliant. But, you know. And, you know, that's the thing about religion. It's like, you know, it there's a fine line between, you know, you want to raise the raise your child to be at least aligned to your morals, but there's a fine line between doing that and indoctrination where it's like you instill you instill it in them so much that they can't even think of anything else without fear and anxiety. And they can't respect anyone else without fear and anxiety because they've been taught that this is the only way. Right. And, is the best and for way. no arbitrary reason. Mm-hmm. So, and that, is that really religious freedom? Because when the child grows up, they're, <laughs> they're, they don't have the freedom to really examine whether this was really something they would have chosen yeah, and for that themselves. opens up argue, that opens up uh discussions about other things too that might not be so clear-cut like you know baptizing your child you know um you know because even though even though it doesn't have any lasting physical impressions you know depending on how you feel about you know whether or not we have souls and if we do have souls you know what or what uh baptism does and all that it, it definitely opens up a can of worms and when it comes to talking about religion um and i guess it, it just seems that it seems as though circumcision is the is the physical manifestation of that discussion mm-hmm. exactly you know that's that's the one test to kind of limit what parents can do to a do to a child you know we uh anyways it's uh that's a whole there's a whole field of that. There's a whole different topic in terms of parental rights and well people treat parental rights like property rights and it's really it's, right. it's really not how it should yeah. be. And you know, at the, at the end of the at the end of the day, um, you know, everyone has a right to raise their child how they how they think, but you know, raising your child doesn't assume uh, it does. It doesn't assume the position of power that you control their body. You might be able to. You might be able to control. You know where they go mm-hmm. and you know like how they go. But like, you you cannot. You cannot alter their body. That's that's not the right of a parent. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think. Uh, no, no. I think. I think we've said a lot. Uh, anything else you want to? Um. Get into yeah, I think I think we're about it. Yeah, yeah, we about think we're about an hour in. in yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I had a fun time talking. I don't think I have a whole lot. Um, I guess just, I guess for me, just think in in terms of thinking about this conversation, is to be as, to be as constructive about it too, because you know, like people who are circumcised, you know, they might be happy, and I I get that. Um, and I and I I you know if that's what they if they are happy about that, great. Uh, you know, uh, that's. Uh, uh, keep that to yourself. Exact, keep exact, it on your exactly. own body. I'm not. Like, I'm not don't. going to stress about you having a, a you know, that's not. As, you know, I don't swing that. I don't swing off that side of the plate. So it's not my. It's not my business. Um, <laughs> but you know, when it when it comes to other people's bodies, you know, you gotta you gotta have to you have to think back. You know, like okay, well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, he does. It's not. It's not my body. Why am I? Why? Why do I? need to you know have a say why should i think that you know people should just do it at birth anyways why is that why is that a cultural thing that you know you can take somebody who 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 you can take somebody who's supposedly supposed to trust you from birth you know who to to, to cut them mm-hmm. um so just just to approach this conversation with a lot of uh patience a lot of um sensitivity but also you know like you we have to look have to look at the science have to look at the cultural reason as to why we do it and you know like like i said in, in data science or in religion you always have to be questioning you know your identity or what you believe you know 
you know, it's, I, mm-hmm. at some, at some point I had to be like, why, why am I against, you know, uh, child circumcision? Well, you know, what, what, why, why is it something that I should be concerned about? Is it something I need to be concerned about? Do I, should I care? And, you know, I had to examine that for myself as well. So, um, so just approach, you know, make sure you question your own biases, question your own opinions. But at the end of the day, um, realize that my body is not your body and your body is not my body. Yep. That's it. And, well, Randy, I really appreciate you joining me today. This is uh, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate you having me on, man. It's uh, been real fun. You know, I always like having, I always like talking about this because I feel like it's not uh, such a prevalently talked about conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thankfully. luckily that's changing. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, that's that's our show. All right, thanks, uh, man. Thanks for tuning in.